Do you have a spiritual gift? And if so, what is that gift? Uh, it's important to know because the end of this life, we really want to hear our creator say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Yeah, it's being faithful to that gift. Yeah, so. you can't be faithful if you don't know it right. and craft it. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. I'm Junior. You want to get started in verse one, Junior? Yeah, it's Wednesday and uh, school's in session now. First Corinthians chapter 12. Yeah. Depending on the school. Yeah, that's true. It is depending on the school. I used to go to school school after Labor Day would be like, that's when I started. That's how it always was. My kids started last week and uh, they're they're having fun. I do do have to tell you this one funny story, Dad. Sure. My youngest, she's in first grade and she brought in a magnet because she's really into decorating her locker. So she brought in her magnet and the teacher thought she, it was a gift for her. And so the teacher said, oh, thank you so much, Reese. I love this and hung it up on the board. And Reese is telling me this after school. She said, dad, I sat back down. I couldn't let it go. I raised my hand and I said, you can have that for the day, but I'm going to need that back. <laughs> <laughs> Making that's herself the, known. That's the first grader. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse one, it says, now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the spirit gives us, meaning gifts, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, and people say I say that wrong, so I'm always very self-conscious how I say (laughs) that. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. I just want to say this real quick. Spiritual gifts means that God gifts the church with an ability through you. So if you have a spiritual gift, the gift isn't to you. No, that's totally misunderstood. Yes. It's a gift to the church, and you are the conduit through which the Holy Spirit gives that gift. And oftentimes it is related to natural abilities. Your natural abilities become spiritual gifts when they are filled with the Spirit, and you're using it for God's kingdom rather than for your own benefit. Yeah. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. Verse 6, God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives a great faith to another, and to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. You know, one of the questions we often get when people visit our church for the first time, if we're a Spirit-filled church, and I'll often ask them, what do you mean by that? Of course, I know what they mean by that. They will also, then they'll ask, well, you do believe in the gifts of the Spirit? I'll say, well, of course we do. It's in the Bible. But really what they're trying to get to is do we practice the miraculous gifts that are mentioned here? Healing and... Yes, which we'd be happy to do if they are actually miracles. And if the practice of these miraculous gifts, they show miracles that are verified, they're verifiable, and that we... Obvious. Obvious that 
this is a miracle. Yeah. So the the unknown tongues, for example, we don't practice uh, a speaking just an incoherent making of noise yeah. that may, some would call, and I know it may sound disrespectful to call it gibberish, but yet in every situation where I've been around what is referred to as speaking in tongues, it's always been just an incoherent gibberish. Yeah. And and that's not in in that while you may you know you you may be taught that you have to have faith and believe that God's turning us into a language. That's not the purpose of these gifts. The purpose of these, the reason they're called sign gifts is the purpose of these gifts were to be obvious miracles to unbelievers to see that God is at work. And it points the the finger then at the God who is actually causing us. The problem is the way some of these miraculous gifts are practiced today. The world scoffs at that because any every time I have seen it, whether it be the supposed healings or the speaking in tongues or some of these others, uh, even even the prophecies that these are things that anybody could fake, anybody could uh-huh. pretend that they're doing this. But in the scriptures, whenever these gifts were being practiced, they were obvious and verifiable. Nobody could have faked a a man that had been lame his entire life, sitting at the city gates, and then instantly was able to leap up on his feet. That was the point of these these miraculous gifts. Well, now and- we do believe that God can do those things, yeah, and we be. We'd be thrilled if he did, but he we don't we don't yeah. say he has to. Well, and if somebody showed up at our church saying I can heal people and I saw him healing people, I'd say, bro, get in my car right now. I'm gonna drive you to St. Jude's Children's Hospital yeah. and I'm gonna have let's go heal yep. a whole wing. Let's <laughs> right. let's not just do this in church, bro. Let's right. go to the hospital. So and, and we don't mean to belittle these gifts because they obviously were very active, particularly during the time that the New Testament was being created as God was putting a stamp of approval on specially endowed individuals that he was using to launch this movement and they were very real and if god wants to do that today hey we're we're all good with that but we're leaving it up to god and we're not going to pretend that something is a miracle unless it is obviously and verifiably a miracle that's the whole point all right let's get into verse 12 12. because we spent too much time on that so the human body has many parts but the many parts make up one whole body so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we've all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it less part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell it's anything? actually a comical <laughs> vision that you're you know seeing as you're trying to imagine what that would look like. There was a commercial years ago. I don't know if you remember this or not. That I think it was for like a a nasal spray yeah, or something. Like a big the, nose. Yeah, the guy was just yeah. one big nose, and that's what I picture for this. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll pick 18? up verse eighteen. You bet. Um, but our bodies have many parts, and God has each part just where He wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yet there are many parts, but only one body. Yeah, I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Because all these parts of the body are dependent on each other. The hand wouldn't be able to get anywhere if the feet weren't taking the hand there. And the feet would not be cared for if it were not for the hand. And so every part of the body is necessary. That's his whole point. And he's saying that we as the church are the body of Christ. And so while we all have different abilities and different gifts that he has given to us, that every one of those gifts are important. Yeah, we all bring something different to the table. Verse 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. 
So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. I love, can I just pause yeah. real quick? I love that that whole idea of like, it all hurts. It's like, you ever stub your toe? Yeah. You're really oh. bad, and then you kind of walk with a little bit of a limp, and by the end of the day, you're... Your whole leg is just kind of sore because you've been walking with a limp, and then your back is kind of a little bit sore because you have a different posture. And it's like all because of your little toe. Mm-hmm. That's what he's saying is when somebody's hurting in a community, that that ripples because we're all we're all helping out and we're all feeling and we're all one body. Verse twenty-eight. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church: first are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers. Then those who do miracles, then those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And that we'll get into tomorrow. And it's actually one of my favorite chapters in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. Yeah, Let's get over to Psalm, Psalm 103. 103, that's right. And we want to highlight verse 13. Mm-hmm. It says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Now, some listening to this who maybe had a, a difficult, maybe not a great yeah. relationship with their dad might struggle to... Mm-hmm embrace this or you know maybe even understand this as well but just this idea of god as a father to his children tender and compassionate actually when we think of the words tender and compassionate i think we typically think of a mother and i i wrote a paper on this when i was in seminary and my professor told me afterwards that that paper changed his mind which that was quite a compliment i had never had that happen before because in the class he had always taught that the in the culture of the ancient world, dads were viewed as distant and austere. They were the authority, but they were not loving and kind and compassionate. And my paper was all the scriptures that that reflect on our father being this kind and loving and compassionate dad that they would never have related to if they hadn't experienced this. And so the I think the fathers of that day aren't all that different from the way we view positive fathers today as being kind and loving, good leaders, but compassionate and caring. And that's how he is pictured for us here, that he is that kind of father. Yeah. And, I, and that, that is something that I was, benef- you know, I, I had a mess of a family that I grew up in. And, you know, your grandpa, my dad, he was poor at leadership, and I, I wish so badly that he would have been different in some ways, but... There's this wonderful gift that I cherish, what he taught me, and that is unconditional love. He always practiced unconditional love, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, and we have a father like that and far better in heaven. Absolutely. Well, make it a good day today, and tomorrow we are in the love chapter. Right. So is it really Mm -hmm. a romantic love? I don't know. Let's talk about that tomorrow. You bet. You bet.